This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the only Steelers podcast plot for, platform that has shows every single day and sometimes twice a day. Welcome once again to The Burning Question. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, and it is my turn this week to ask that one question that is burning in your craniums that you're just wondering about. And here I'm going to offer my thoughts on the subject as well, and I want to hear everything from you Also, so thank you for joining me. But first and foremost, before we get started, uh, just uh, let me uh, let me give a big mention, a big mention to Jeff Hartman, whose birthday was this week. We did celebrate that. So if you haven't had a chance to go ahead and wish Jeff a happy birthday, make sure you do that. Jeff Hartman turned 37 just the other day. So a big news. So much stuff going on in Steeler Nation. Before that, I want to give a shout out to uh, my friends and colleagues here at Behind the Steel Curtain, Dave Schofield, Lance, Sir Lancelot Williams, Big Brosco, Rich Schofield, and my partner in crime on Mondays, one Tony Defio. With that, let's get to it. Steeler Nation, Steeler Family, you know how to support the show. It's just hitting like. It's following us on YouTube, telling your friends and family about us, wherever you are, whether you are just down the street. Or if you're in Australia, like my good friend Mark Davison, who's here in the live chat, no matter where you are, we're all one big Steeler family, and we're here together. So here's the question that I've been wondering. In the 70s, the Steelers established themselves as the Steel Curtain. They were, at the time, they were an elite franchise. 
And as things waned in the 1980s and picked back up in the 90s, but no championships, and then championships back again in the 2000s, two more, Pittsburgh was always considered an elite franchise. Pittsburgh was that kind of team that people thought of as a higher class, higher in the totem pole than most franchises. So I'm wondering, has that changed in the last 11 years since the last championship? Has that changed with the Le'Veon Bell situation last year, with the Antonio Brown situation that is a year old as well? Has that changed with the two seasons of uh, non-playoffs of the last two years? Is this still an elite franchise? In my mind, I kind of subscribe to that, and I always have. I always have this air about me as a Pittsburgh fan, especially in football and hockey. When I'm talking sports, I'm kind of one of those guys that feel that my team is better than your team because of the class of the organization from head to toe. But has that taken a hit in the past couple of years? I'm still likely to say no, it hasn't, and that this is still an elite franchise. But I want to hear from you. So please let us know your thoughts on the live chat. And any questions you have, feel free to throw that in. Uh, Rodolfo Gigantana, hope I pronounced that right, said we need 7th Lombardi Trophy home to Pittsburgh. So basically, that's probably how he feels to be elite. Um, Snowman, not with me, bleed black and gold. So you know what? I don't think you need another Super Bowl. We want one. But when you're talking about elite franchises, and Justin Conway says still a first-class organization, but when you're talking about elite, you can look at all of sports, and the Steelers are up there. Ezra Nehemiah, good fan of the show, says the Yankees of football, the Lakers of football, that's what the Steelers are. So when you're looking at all sports, you probably think of the Yankees as one of the cream, the cream of the crop. I guess that's the same with the Lakers. Uh, the Celtics have been up there too, but I would say the Lakers a little more. Um, but have, who is the elite franchise in the NFL? Is it considered the New, New England Patriots now? But I still don't think that if New England's up there, I still think there's room for the Pittsburgh Steelers on that mantle. Because, as Ali says, the Steelers are known for being a stand-up franchise because of leadership, but nobody outside of Pittsburgh cares about the old Super Bowl wins. So when you think about that, what do you think outside of Pittsburgh if you're not pleading black and gold? If you're not a fan of the Steelers, are you looking at them as just another franchise? Um, a lot of people are saying the Patriots are no longer elite because of the asterisks, because of the chicanery. But I will say this, just to be completely fair all the way around, Pittsburgh lost draft picks back in the uh, late 70s because of rules violations. And I mean, they were the rules violations at the time were for, you know, they were for extra practices, not really, uh, not really going with the rules of, I don't know if it was considered a collective bargaining agreement back then, but you know, the thing is they didn't go, they really didn't follow the rules all the time either. Chuck Knoll was one of those guys that did it. Um, also 
really one of the teams that introduced helped introduce steroids were the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. But not a lot of people talk about that. I mean, I'm not glossing it aside. It's a part of the history of the team, and I know that. But I still consider this an elite franchise. And um, special shout out to uh, Dennis Sheridan. He throws in a money in the live chat and a super chat. And I'm glad he brought this up. RIP to Dan Radakovich, the greatest of all time of offensive line coaches. And that's that guy's Penn State. Also, Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the great ones from the 70s on those two uh, Super Bowl nine and Super Bowl ten teams. Um, a great offensive line coach. Uh, they talk about bad rad all the time. I gone at 84. Rest in peace. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, Dennis, really appreciate that. Um, so are we still an elite franchise? So if big Ben Roethlisberger was still playing or big Ben Roethlisberger is not regarded as a, how do I put this as a uh, pristine figure across the league with other teams? I know we think highly of uh big Ben on the football field, but I don't know how they feel about him all across the league. Justin Conway says he lives in Delaware and he's got Redskin fans as friends and they actually hold Pittsburgh in a high regard. Um, that's, that's great. Um, just me was born and raised in California and I've always thought they were the best. Now he's in Washington. We're still the best, not just in Pittsburgh. So I guess a lot of people outside of, outside of Pittsburgh that aren't Pittsburgh Steeler fans still have respect for this franchise. And so that's the question. Ezra watches his games at a Ravens bar. Believe it or not, they have the utmost respect for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, Jeff, myself, Dave Schofield, Big Bro, we are all Maryland residents. Some of them do. Um, here, here's the thing. There, when you look at the respect factor, I have more respect for the Ravens than I do for a team like the Browns or the Bengals. Um, I respect that franchise a whole lot more. Um, so I can see that as a mutual respect because you know what you're getting when you play the Ravens. The Ravens know what they, they're getting when they play the Steelers. So there is a respect there. There's a hatred, but there's not disrespect there. Um, as a Steeler fan and as a Penguin fan, I see that I'm around Capitals fans all the time. And uh, this race right now for the Met division is absolutely fantastic, and we're going back and forth all the time. But uh, there, there's there's still respect. Um, Logan asks, does respect equal elite? You know, in my mind, an elite status is kind of, I mean, respect is thrown in there. So the reason I'm saying that is because you think about it. To be an elite stat, to be elite, you're respected as well for what you're doing on the field. So the last two years, they're not an elite franchise for the play the last two years. But I'm talking about the whole universe of football over the last 50 years or so. Since 1969, I would probably say one of the most respected teams and the most elite because of what they've done on the field are the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I don't know how much respect the New England Patriots have, 
because of what has transpired, I still have respect for that team because they're still getting it done. I mean, you put some things aside, and I know they've done them, and I know there's an asterisk, but Bill Belichick, to do what he's done year after year, he's that's an elite coach, and I think it's still an elite franchise. So and as I drop things, uh, I am not an elite podcaster after that. Um, so... And anyways, Joel Coleman saying Ben wearing blue and gray trade to Cowboys imminent. Yeah, I I don't really think that that's going to happen. Um, but um, thank you, Logan, for saying that that was an elite drop. I, I was trying to turn my phone off, um, so I'm not amateur hour, but here I drop it. Now, uh, Steelers fan frenzy with flips says, can a team be bad but still respected? Yeah, you could be respected, but... Can you be respected as an elite franchise, as the franchise that is looked up to? And a lot of, here's where the definition of elite kind of is a little tough. The reason I'm saying that is because to be elite, you've got to win. But to be elite, you have got to be unparalleled better than all the rest at everything you do. And that goes from the front office and on up. So let's just break it down a little bit here. Here's a question. In the last two years, has everything that transpired in the last two years, has it taken the shine off of the franchise? Cause there was some, it seemed like everything happened last year. They were bit with injuries. Things were crazy that's losing on the field, that shouldn't really take away from the respect factor. But with everything that went on with two prominent players, how they were handled, we've talked ad nauseum on how the Steelers handled that situation. And more and more, we're starting to see that the Steelers handled it right. But do other players consider them elite? Do other players have the respect? Because we we heard with Ben Roethlisberger last year at this time, a lot of other players were just hammering Ben Roethlisberger um, because what they perceived to be the point with running he running Antonio Brown out of town. Now we're finding out that there's a lot more to it. No one's apologizing to Ben Roethlisberger. No one's going back and saying, I was wrong about that whole situation. Should have never uh, questioned Ben's leadership, blah, blah, blah. All right. But the team lost some luster from all of that. So with that, my question is, do other organizations, do other players? Because if you're a player, you kind of look past that. If you think that uh, the team is worth signing for, or does that kind of stuff scare you away? Um, Snowman brings up a point here. And a lot of people, Ezra, Dennis, they're saying excellent point. I agree with you, Snowman. What the Steelers did for Rocky Blyer and Ryan Chazier makes them ahead of the class. You know what? You have a big decision coming up with Ryan Chazier. How do you handle this situation? Let's, let's ask about that as well. Um, what they did with Ro Rocky Blyer so many years ago, 50-some years ago now, 
was absolutely incredible. It was a postcard that Art Rooney sent to him and said, Rock, the team's in bad shape. We need you. It was basically a postcard saying, hey, I just hope you're doing well. Don't think you're ever playing again, but I want to boost your spirits. But that one gesture, that changed things completely for Rocky Blyer. Helped light a fire. He believed at the time that this man back in Pittsburgh believed in him and this organization believed in him and he worked to get back. And with half a foot, he ended up being an integral part of four Super Bowl champions. Fantastic player. Um, in my mind, a Hall of Famer. He will never be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but he's definitely a Pittsburgh Steeler Hall of Famer as far as I'm concerned. Um, one of the all-time best and one of the greatest the franchise has ever seen. That doesn't happen without the way that postcard, that letter that was sent to him from Art Rooney. Steelers are kind of doing the same thing with Ryan Shazier at this, this point. They keep him on. Problem is, his contract expires. How do they handle that situation? And uh, Rodolfo says Rocky is a war hero, and they definitely are. Now, what do they do with Shazier? I think you don't really do anything but say you are welcome here in some capacity. We have to sit down and talk about it. Um, I don't know what all the rules are. And if you know what the rules are, please let me know because we were discussing this on the preview the other night. Here's the thing. If he wants to stay on as a coach, they're going to have him. Stay on as an advisor, they're going to have him. They could pay him up to $3 million a year as a coach. And they would gladly do that to keep him. Um, so many things have happened, but they've stuck by this player. And you would think, and my gut is saying that he's not going to turn his back on the organization that uh, has stuck with him. Now, he might have it in his head that he's going to play, play again. And look, you can't tell a player that you're never going to play again and have him regress because a situation like that, something I've never had to deal with having a situation like that. I have had, I've had a major health problem, um, 17 years ago that, uh, I had to overcome, but I've never had a situation and overcome what he thought. And part of the thing that drives him is the fact in his mind that he's going to play again. I don't think he's ever going to play again, but the thing is you're in a delicate situation and you have to, uh, my solution would be this. Do you say to him, look, financial reasons, we'd like to keep you on in a different capacity. And if something happens that you find yourself able to play again, you uh, pass all the tests, all the physicals, everything, we would bring you back. But if he's going to count money against the, the cap, that could be a problem with a team that is as cash strapped as they are right now. So that's what you kind of have to look at. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, so that's the thing. 
That's that's a difficult question to have. But getting back to what we were talking about is that might be something that makes you an elite franchise. The way you're handling these players, the way that you are sticking by people when they can't benefit you as a team, the way they're doing it this way. Um, so that's it. I mean, the Ryan Chazier thing, that's, that, that's a tough situation, but they're handling it the best way they possibly can. And that, so whoever brought that up, taking care of Blyer, taking care of, of, uh, Shazier, I'm wondering if that's noticed across the league, if you're a free agent and you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, how do you view them? That's my question. I would think that if I was a player that I would view this as a team that I'd want to be with great story that just happened about a month ago when Donnie shell was named to the hall of fame. Donnie had an opportunity in 1974 to go to the Denver Broncos as a free agent out of South Carolina state. The other team that wanted him Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, we know this. We, we know what, what's happened, but here's the great story. The great story is his coach says, look, you want to go to Pittsburgh. This is 1974. This is before they won anything. This is an upcoming, this is an upcoming football team, blue collar team. This is everything you're about. You go to the Steelers and you will have a career. He did. The rest is history. 57 interceptions now in the hall of fame. Well-deserved, but here's the thing. They had a reputation. They haven't even won anything yet. They weren't elite, but this coach knew that they were elite. So he was thinking about it. So if you're another free agent now, that doesn't mean anything to, this is a completely different generation. You're talking almost 50 years later. So do you, if you're that free agent, do you wonder if the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are that same team? Do you look at them and say, okay, if I have my pick of any team, it's this, this, and this, and are the Pittsburgh Steelers always on that page? At one point, they would have been. That's what I'm talking about as elite status. How do players view them? How do other players, how do other fans of organizations view this team? I don't think we have anybody right now. Every once in a while, we get fans of other teams on. I don't think we do right now. But, um, you know, there's a lot to be said about this organization that I can't think of a lot of other organizations that treat their players this way. And that should go a far way, but it's also a different time. And when you talk to some players, when you mention a player about Lynn Swan in this day and age, you know, what are they saying? They don't know who that is. And you wonder about it. Do have we lost touch with our past? I knew players that played way before I never played, but way before I was ever a fan, when I was 10 years old, I knew guys that were retired. And that was back in the uh, early 80s. I mean, I just knew about these guys that played in the 70s. I knew about these guys. Ezra Nehemiah says, ask Bryant McFadden. Um, Ezra. Do me a favor, go ahead and elaborate that. 
on that. As far as I'm concerned, I uh, I kind of thought Bryant McFadden and the Steelers were were uh, in a very good place, but I'm just making sure I want to know what you're getting to there. Um, from what I thought, I thought they had a very good relationship, but not completely sure. Um, Kane Adamson says they are only one of the few teams left that treat their players like humans, family-oriented. Dennis says the entire league considers our front office elite and has always been thanks to Dan Rooney. My gosh. Probably one of the greatest ambassadors of the game ever was Dan Rooney. And I'm talking even more of an ambassador than his father. This guy was one of the key guys in the league. Okay, I now I see what Ezra was saying. Bryant left us for the cards and realized the grass isn't greener. He did come back. And uh, yeah, he definitely came back. Won a ring with his team. And I believe he won a second. Did Bryant? Bryant wasn't on the Cardinals. Bryant, I think, was back with the Steelers when he won that second ring. Um, help me out on that. Uh PDG 90 says, I remember Kendrell Bell. He knocked Bettis backwards in practice once. Never saw that before. Kendrell was a man. He was a tough player. And then that mesh in his ankle just um, went. And he, he was rough. Now, Rodolfo says, Troy Polamalu was not good terms when he was forced to retire, but he's a first ballot Hall of Famer now, and he's coming around again. You know, time does heal all wounds. You know, gosh, we were talking about the Ryan Shazier situation and we're talking about that, how they treated him. but there's so many players that like Shazier, like he doesn't want to give it up. He doesn't want to give up that dream of coming back. And a lot of players like Troy Polamalu doesn't really want to, they want to leave on their own terms and Rod Woodson even said it that the the Steelers pretty much gave him a crappy deal where because they were ready to let go. I wish they didn't. They probably would have another ring in at least '97 if they would have held on to that guy. But you know, you have guys like that that kind of were forced out. Heinz Ward is another one. Um, there's guys like that that are kind of forced out, but Heinz really doesn't. Hines isn't really one of those those players that uh, he's not holding a grudge against the team. I mean, I know he's coaching for the Jets, but they gave him an opportunity. Um, Ali says, bad after the Chargers last second TD win a few years ago, people in Texas acted like they won the Super Bowl. Uh, that's. Yeah, that's. Uh, that's one of those situations. So, I mean, I guess I'm a little confused on that one. After the Chargers last second TD, people in Texas acted like we won the soup. We win the Super Bowl. Um, a little confused on that one. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of teams, you know, a lot of teams fan bases are just dying for a hint of anything. Um, we've talked in the past about Steeler fans being spoiled but we're spoiled because we've had such a great organization and we've had an elite organization, but um, you know, things happen. You have to move guys through. We were talking about Heinz and Palomalu and you've got to move them out. 
they might not be ready to go, but it's what's best for business. And as uh, Chuck Noll always said, it's time to get on with your life's work. If it's somewhere else, that's great. Um, Franco Harris wanted money. They cut him. Well, he was holding out. I remember that was the 1984, one of my biggest years when I was really getting the sports. I was 12 years old. And I remember when uh, Franco um, would not come to camp and was staying away. And this was far at the end of his career. And uh, really close to the end of his career, excuse me, Chuck Noll actually said, Franco, who? And it deteriorated from there. And they uh, they gave him a situation where he could sign with the team that wanted him. The uh, Seattle Seahawks did not do very well up there. Um, and then he was out of football altogether um, after that 84 season. So that was the end of his career. You know, Franco is very much in the Steelers fold, though. I think after it hurts, it's like a breakup, man. You get dumped. You're upset. You're, you're Trust me, I've been dumped a bunch of times. I can tell you stories about that. Um, I was married and dumped from my marriage. Um, I'm happily married now, but at the time, I thought that was the most devastating thing in the world because you're not ready to let go. But now I know it was the best thing for me. Then after a while, you realize, okay, not saying that a relationship's a business decision, but you kind of feel better about it when you see that, all right, maybe maybe it's time for me to move to something else. Maybe that wasn't the right situation anymore. So, you know, that's a situation. Um, so... Ezra says, I'm so spoiled because I've never had a first round pick in my lifetime, which means I never was the worst team. But <laughs> uh, well, with that, with that, all that, I still think this, this team, every team's going to have wart, warts. Every team's going to make bad decisions that not everybody likes. But I think all the way across the board, the Steelers do things a whole lot better and a whole lot classier than a lot of other organizations. Might not be already always the popular decision, but it's usually the right decision and they do it right. And most of the times they know when to let a player go. A few times they lost guys in free agency. I, I thought they let Rod Woodson go too early. Um, he could have helped that team. They lost some guys that they couldn't pay, like Chad Brown, um, guys that left like that. They're going to have a situation like that right now with Javon Hargrave. They're going to have a hard time signing that guy right now. It's not going to be getting rid of him. It's just going to be like, we wish you well, because somebody's going to pay you what we can't. And we have no problem with that. And that's what's going to happen. And that's a business decision as well. And it's a business decision for Javon Hargrave as well, because he's looking out for himself and he should, but I don't expect him to sign back with his team because he's going to get an opportunity with a team that has so much and so much room under the cap that the Steelers don't have. Um, something really interesting. I just uh, mentioned Javon Hargrave. So the, uh, the franchise tag has been moved back two days now. Um, so the, uh, the franchise tag period 
is now two days. That just came about an hour, popped up. Adam Schefter reported it right before I came on for the show. So that's a uh, that's an interesting situation. They're trying to get this collective bargaining agreement done. The collective bargaining agreement, for me, I don't think this is going to be as much of a slam dunk as a lot of people see and think. Um, I don't think the players are actually going to go for it. When J.J. Watt's sounding off on it and says, hey, we're not signing that. They, I read the collective bargaining agreement before I went on today just to make sure that I knew the ins and outs of it. Um, I still don't know the ins and outs of it, but looking at it, they're, they're, uh, they're making some concessions because they want this done. And the reason they want this done right away is because you have a situation where you could sign a huge streaming deal and they're trying to get that streaming deal and they want it signed right away. If I'm a player right now, I'm like, you need to give us more. And that's basically what they're going to say. So don't expect this to be signed right away. Really interesting quote from Jarvis Landry saying, get your XFL subscriptions ready. Get ready to look for an XFL subscription. Because I was laughed at when I said this the other day, but the XFL has some leverage here. Because if they get an opportunity to sign some names, if there's a lockout, they're going to find a way to do it. They're going to change your structure, do whatever they can. Vince McMahon is going to do whatever he can. He's poised to lose. He knows he has a number that he can lose. It's like when I go to Vegas, I have a number I know I can lose. It's not Vince McMahon type money. It's maybe 200 bucks. But what I'm saying is he has a number that he knows he could lose. So he could get to three years and get that new deal. And he thinks they will thrive after that. If there's a lockout and he can get some names in there, they're going to do it. So if there's a 2021 lockout, that's going to hurt the NFL a lot. And I know everyone's saying, eh, they can't go over there. Players won't go over there. Yeah, they will. If they want to work, they're going to go work. They're going to find a way to work. Um, Kevin DeBoss says he wants 17 games. Who cares about the players? I want to see more games. Well, they're going to drop down a preseason game. No one cares about preseason games. If you have season tickets, you're like, man, what am I going to do with these two extra tickets? So that's going to be interesting how they do that. And they're willing to go down to three preseason games to get that 17th game because they're not losing anything as far as tickets. But the thing is, the players are like, if you're going to give, if you're going to bump us up to 48%, and if we go to 17 games, bump us up to 48.5, that's not enough. So that's, so a lot of the players, a lot of the players are thinking that they want more. Dennis asks, so you're saying the XFL is going to last more than a year? They have, like I said, I think the number is 375 million that uh, they are poised to lose before they can get that other deal. And that's what they're trying to do. Um, so yeah, I'm saying that the F XFL will last another year. Um, gosh, if it lasts to 2021 and they could hold on and there's no deal signed, things are going to get interesting. I might be crazy on that end, but it's a possibility. I'm a guy that I saw the beginning of the XFL, the USFL. USFL was a completely di different situation because you had billionaire owners. You had, you had a lot of money into it. 
And they were able to go ahead and draft players. Drafted Herschel Walker. They drafted Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly was a Houston gambler. Herschel Walker played for Trump. He was a uh, New Jersey general. Um, of course, remember the Pittsburgh Maulers. Glenn Carano was their quarterback, and Mike Rogier was the number one draft pick. Heisen, Heisman tra Trophy winner. Um, but the XFL, the reason that they fell apart, excuse me, the USFL, the reason they fell apart was because what happened? They forced a move to the fall, and they just couldn't do it. If they would have stayed on, they could have probably stuck around a whole lot longer. Things would have gotten more in interesting. Um, Philadelphia Stars, Snow Snowman brings up. Then they moved to Baltimore. Then they were the Baltimore Stars. But the Philadelphia Stars, I was trying to remember the quarterback's name, and I just it just popped in my head. Chuck Fusina, Penn State quarterback with the Philadelphia Stars. Um, they lost to the Michigan Panthers in 1983 on Monday Night Football. I remember watching that game. Um Really, I have great memories. And if you ever want to watch the 30, 30 for 30 on the on ESPN on the USFL, it's really interesting. It's it's pretty good. But the bottom line to the whole thing, getting back to the players and the collective bargaining agreement, they're going to want more money from one more game. Now, you're go they're going to up the rosters. They're going to up the practice squad. They're, there's more money to be made here. But they're going to want a little bit more. Something funny that I saw in this collective bargaining agreement when I was reading it, they've now added vision insurance, a vision plan to the NFL players. They don't have a vision plan? <laughs> that's that's crazy. I mean, you would think, I mean, I've got a vision plan of work. VSP, I've got my vision service plan. I get my glasses at Target through my VSP, and uh, I, uh, I could get one pair every year. NFL players can't do that. That's crazy. That's uh, but now now they're getting that now. Um, but they're not doing. The, they're going to need more than a vision plan to sign this. And man, I used to be one of those guys that's like players need to play. They should be lucky that they're in this situation. But we've seen what happens if you get in a situation where you have a career-ending in injury and you can't play. So they're trying to protect themselves. And I don't think they're being greedy. They're trying to get what they can get and everything they can get. And if you have anybody working and it's in your own house and that's what you need, you're going you're gonna to stand behind that. So I'm not really going to take sides on this. All I'm saying is the players say that they're going to need a little bit more than that. And I respect a guy like J.J. Watt if, if a crazy player comes out and says, oh, don't sign it, that's crap. Or like, like Jarvis Landry says, get your XFL um, you know, packages ready. And when he says it, I'm like, oh, it's Jarvis Landry. But when J.J. Watt says it, you're like, well, okay, this guy has been a leader. He's done a lot of things. Clean record. Um, when a guy like Ramon Foster comes out and says it, and I haven't really seen exactly what he's saying behind it but if ramon foster says something i'm respecting what ramon foster says um so that that's exactly exactly what i'm looking at so you know this is a really crucial time for the league and 
this could be something. I mean, remember they were talking that in 20 years, I think Mark Cuban might have said in 20 years, the NFL might not be around. Hmm. Wondering if this is one of those turning points and it's collecting a bargaining agreement is so imperative right now. What's on the other side that we don't know about? What's looming? What's the big monster in the upside down that we don't know about right now? That's my question. I, I'm just, I'm thinking there's more to this that nobody knows. But is this, is this a turning point for the league? I don't know. What do you think? Um, Rodolfo um, says the NFL is not permanent. Might not be. It's really interesting. This could be, this could be something that is really pivotal. Dennis, I love Dennis. Like rock and roll, the NFL is here to stay. Is rock and roll still here? <laughs> Speaking of rock and roll, I'm going to see Hall & Oates this week. Rock and roll is here. And no Jeff Hartman. John Oates is not the reason the Steelers lost to Jacksonville in 2017. That was not his fault. Um, he sang the national anthem. You can't blame it on him. They're one of the greatest rock and soul duos of all time. Um, I digress though. Uh, with that being said, we'll have uh, open questions for the next five minutes. If you have uh, <laughs> if you have something you want to ask, feel free. We had one earlier. Um, I don't know where it is, but I know it was about the Wisconsin running back. If he's available, um, Desmond Barnes said it. Do you think the Steelers should pick up Jonathan Taylor if he's available at pick 49? Look, if Taylor or a guy like Dobbins is around, you consider it at 49. You just don't know what they consider to be their biggest need. And I think right now an edge rusher is probably going to be your biggest need and something you need to look at. You, you might really need to have to put an offensive lineman ahead of that. So if we're talking needs, let, let me ask you this. If we're talking needs and we're going five to one, where are you going to put needs at? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Say, let's say, number five. This is just, I didn't write this down. I didn't plan for this. This is just something I'm thinking about off the top of my head. Number five, maybe safety. Number four, let's say, I'd probably put need number four, running back. I'd probably put 
three tight end, two offensive line, and number one edge rusher at this point. But you could mix all those around, and you could make a case for tight end at number one. You can make a case for running back at number one. You could, I didn't even put wide receivers in the top five. You could make a, a case for a backup quarterback in that top five. There are so many things that you can make a case for. It's just what the Steelers consider to be their biggest need. And I say this all the time. They know more. Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin know so much more than Brian Anthony Davis any day of the week and twice on Sundays. Um, although I I like to think I know, but I don't. You know, I, I don't. But here's the thing. They can, hi- they can hire me. That'd be great. I'd love it. PDG90 says safety at number five. I like that. That's what I said at number five. So, uh, you know, I, I really think, gosh, their depth at safety is rough, man. After Minka, you've got uh, you've got Minka, and then you've got Terrell Edmonds, and which he's doable right now. But after that, you've got two free agents, and and Marcus Allen. So there you go. PD, PDG says tight end number four. I think I had them at tight ends at number three on my list. Maybe running back number four. I just don't think that that's uh, that is a top priority. I don't just don't think running back is a top priority for them in their minds. Travis uh, Salian, hope I didn't butcher your name. If I did, I apologize. They have edge rusher. Two czars on the back burner. I think it's interior run stopping on the D-line. Hey, I didn't even mention D-line. Um, I do like what they have potential to give Isaiah Bugs and Tyson Alualu little more action in there, but you know what? Is that a number one priority? So there you go. Um, (laughs) Dennis says, I think I'm too drunk to type, but he, gosh, he even got the period. I'm going to bring that up. He got the period in there. Oh, he got two periods. Um, (laughs) there you go. That's pretty good. Um, Ezra says, as long as we bring back this defense intact, but and grave digger included, the draft is not that important. Yeah, but man, Bud's a lot of money. I I want Bud back. Are they going to consider Bud for that money? Yes or no? What what do you think? Are they going to consider Bud a priority to bring back? And are they going to find the money under the couch cushions? Will a new collective bargaining agreement help with that? Um, What are they going to do? Yes or no? Let's say yes, they bring Bud back. Not should they, will they? Or no, they won't. Is Bud that much of a priority is even more of the question. So that's that's what you're looking at there. One thing they said that's not a priority is a backup quarterback. I'm still thinking you bring bring in Matt Moore. You bring in Case Keenum. You bring in Chase Daniel. You bring in a guy like you and bring in Mike Glennon. Heck, if you had Mike Glennon last year, as bad as a lot of people think Matt, Mike Lennon is, He's had two of his six wins in the NFL against the Steelers, but as bad as you think he is, he's head and shoulders above what you had last year. Matt P says, bring back Bud and let Hargrave walk. I think that's what they're going to do. I I really think uh, Bud is definitely a priority over Hargrave. 
Snowman, thanks for the $2. What do you think of Ben throwing a football? I haven't. Um, I've been looking for so much information. I know that he he went his February 21st was his his elbow checkup day in Los Angeles. Um, I thought he was going to be throwing a tennis ball first. I have not seen that as fact. Has he been has he been throwing a football? Has that been documented? I missed it. Um, apparently I have missed it. And uh that's bad on me. Um maybe I've been uh joining Dennis Sheridan for the wine and weed. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um oh there's film. Great. So um I was actually with family a lot today, so I did not see that, but great. He's throwing a football. That's huge. Because a lot of the decisions that they make this year, I think on both sides of the ball, a lot of the a lot of the decisions that they make are all on how healthy he is. But I still think you need somebody to back him up. Um, somebody like my Chase Daniel uh, comment. Man, let me ask you this. Should there be a Pro Bowl and an All-Pro position for backup quarterback? Actually, I think they should have backup quarterback in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's what I think. I think backup quarterback is the most important position on the field. I remember guys like Gary Kubiak for the Denver Broncos. When he had to come in and save the day when Elway was hurting, he could do it. You had guys like that over the years. Gosh, we had Charlie Batch. We had a great backup quarterback for all those years, and you felt good about it. You didn't want Ben to go down, but you knew Charlie was going to give you a very good chance to win every single week with the team that you had around them. You're Charlie Batch this year. You're in the, you're at least in the second round of the playoffs. You have a lot of those guys mentioned as well. Ezra says, no, a clipboard holder should not never go to Hawaii. Um, yeah, I, I, I think you should. Jesse George says he looks in excellent shape. I thought he didn't look nearly as big in the video. He was in shorts, not as big coat like he was on the sidelines. He's not as out of shape as we thought. Well, good. For, that's awesome. That's awesome. He was looking. He was looking like he could be on the brawny paper towels at one point. I mean, good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. He's a guy that knows how to get back in shape. PDG ninety. Uh, man, you're the show extender now. Who's the best backup quarterback of all time? Steve Young. At one point, Steve Young was the best backup quarterback, and then he went into the Hall of Fame as a, a starter. But who is the best backup quarterback of all time? But he's got to be a guy. He can't be Steve Young. He can't be a guy. He's got to be a pure backup. Like Steve DeBerg was a great backup quarterback, and then he became a starter in the league for a lot of years. Um, Frank Reich, Ezra says Frank Reich. Really good backup quarterback. Solid backup quarterback was Frank Reich. Probably one of the best. Doug Williams, says Rodney Lyles. That's an interesting one. Um, gosh, I remember those days. Jesse George says Landry Jones. Ezra, you've got a point with Nick Foles. Charlie Batch, There's, I've got no problem with Charlie Batch as one of, one of the great backups. Um, you know what? I think... You could actually look at that position as just a very important position. 
Rich Gannon before 2000. I, that's mm, actually Rich was starting before that, wasn't he? I, he started a few years with uh, Minnesota as well. Um, but Frank Reich really wasn't a starter, though. Um, Nick Foles was never really considered a starter because he was he was considered a starter when he went to Jacksonville, but he was purely there as a backup both times because he came in for uh, a Michael Vick when he came to prominence and then he was out again. Um, wow. I mean, but gosh, Tom Vallejo says, um, Steve Young and Joe Montana, what a great tandem. Yeah, wow. Yeah, Young did start for the Buccaneers. Gosh, you almost forget that. Now, Steve Young, here's a question. He started with the USFL. You don't have time to look at this up. What team? 10 seconds. What team? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Los Angeles Express. He played for the LA Express. Why do I know that stuff? I, I even bought USFL cards back in the, <laughs> the day. I could probably name, you know what? I'm not looking at anything. Snowman got it. I'm not looking at anything, but I could probably tell you about 10 to 12 USFL teams off the top of my head. You had the Washington Federals, the Philadelphia Stars. I'm talking original Michigan Panthers, the uh, Boston Breakers. The uh, Denver Gold, the San Antonio Gunslingers, the Oklahoma Outlaws, the Memphis Showboats. Reggie White played for the Memphis Showboats. You have the uh, Tampa Bay Bandits. Did I already say those? Did I say the Bandits? Um, gosh, I need one more to fulfill what I just promised I was going to say. And uh, Pittsburgh Maulers don't count because they were the second-year team. Um Oh, the Chicago Blitz. So there you go. There, there you go. Snowman had season tickets. What for the Maulers? I actually knew a Pittsburgh Mauler cheerleader actually um, at one point. Also, Baltimore Colt cheerleader at one point as well. Uh, Pittsburgh Maulers were really cool. Glenn Carano, the quarterback. Like I said, I I still have my original. I was twelve. Have my original Pittsburgh Mauler T-shirt that my mom bought me at Hills Department Store. Greatest snack bar ever, by the way. Um, yep. Snowman said the stars. Yeah. You would season tickets for the stars. Wow. That's awesome. Um, so with that, we're coming up on about an hour. Um, what did we learn here today? We still think Pittsburgh is an elite team. We still think that the, uh, that the uh, collective bargaining agreement, that there is, you might need a long way to go. We learned that uh, Dennis uh, likes wine and weed. <laughs> he said it, not me. <laughs> um, we we learned that the USFL was a pretty cool league, and we learned that none of you really think that the XFL is going to last till next year. We learned so much, but what I learned more than anything is something I already knew. I value the heck out of you guys. Thank you for joining me. We had close to 50 on the live chat on a February night that meant absolutely nothing, but you took your time to hang out with me. So thank you. Um, with that being said, first time I said that today, I'm getting better. I'm trying, I'm trying. So with that being said, thank you so much for joining me. Remember 
BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steeler read needs. Fantastic stuff. I love you. You're a family to me, and I value the heck out of you. So, for Brian Anthony Davis, we just answered the burning question together. I will talk to you next on Monday with Tony Defio. With it's no longer the Steeler Hangover, it's Steeler QA just for the offseason. We'll go back to the hangover. I'll see you then. Until then, thanks for being a part of the BTSC family. Good night, good day, good morning, wherever you are. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.